Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Holiday Holiday earnestness earnestness bonanza bonanza starts starts now. now. Wow. Hello, Stradios. Hello, Glamour Girls. And welcome to Stradio Lab Presents, the first annual uh, Holiday Earnestness Bonanza. George, how, what, uh, describe what the Holiday Earnestness Bonanza means to you. Whoa, way to put me on the spot. <laughs> to me, the Holiday Earnestness Bonanza means that for the holidays, we are ripping off our masks and dining indoors <laughs> with all of our listeners. We are saying, oh, screw the science. We are saying, you know, just uh, why, why can't people just be people anymore and just have a conversation? Uh, That's my biggest thing with the pandemic is like, why can't everyone just be normal for once? <laughs> I know. It's so sad how much people give power to this whole pandemic. It's like, just be normal and the pandemic will go away. We're brainwashed. What is it? What's the <laughs> reference? Oh, it's um <laughs> Cecily Strong being the girl you wish you hadn't started a conversation with at a party where she goes, we're brainwashed. <laughs> <laughs> wow, icon. Yeah, well. Um, well, we're quoting SNL here on the pod. I want to say, you know, <laughs> we people need to be more, um, not to be, not to be like Ross Matthews, but people need to be more supportive of Cecily Strong. What, what do you mean? I feel like the the globe is cheering her name. The Boston Globe? <laughs> no, the the global community. No, here's the thing. I, and this is something I could go on about. But the way that everyone rallied around the women of SNL in like when we were young, like Maya Rudolph, Amy Poehler, that group, I don't think there is enough of that with the current crop. Well, I also think they got a little bit greedy. I think... Hmm. I think they, uh, I don't, not to be too psychotic, but I think they kind of um, started assuming that they would get that praise. Uh, And so sometimes they take uh, chances on that show that are like, oh, you just thought you were going to get applauded for this because you can sing. And I'm really not trying to be mean and i did not I come into not this. believe you're doing this <laughs> i did not go into this thinking that i would do this like i love the the ladies of snl like they raised me i just want to say i support women in comedy <laughs> and i think that what we're seeing now is a classic example of of um you know 
they're the, the bar for women being higher. <laughs> Pete Davidson can come out and do an armpit fart. He can be like, hey, guys, look at this. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, uh, earnestly, you're absolutely mm. right. Sure. Um, but I, you know, for, let the record show, I don't support Pete Davidson armpit fart either. I, I guess I hold the ladies to a high standard because I, I believe in them and I think that they're And that's better. kind of the, um, I mean, that's what's difficult about where, about being a gay consumer of culture is that because we hold women to such a high standard, uh, we ultimately are setting them up for failure. <laughs> and then when they do fail, we destroy them emotionally. <laughs> That is definitely one of the hard parts about being a gay consumer of culture. Right. And no one talks about how that affects us. I mean, that's literally what the whole It Gets Better campaign was about. Is like, look, I know you're holding women to a really high standard. Exactly. And look, I know that that's going to tear them down. And I know how hard that is for you. But the It Gets me, Better it gets project better. was like, I know you feel guilt about the expectations you set for women in entertainment. But I promise when you get older, you know... <laughs> Um, many of them will lose their careers because of you. <laughs> oh my god! No, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not toxic. I'm, no. I swear, I really am not. I support the ladies, and I, I and I think Cecily deserves the best. I just think, you know, some criticism now and then is not inherently bad, right? Yeah, I guess it's less that they're being criticized and more that they're being ignored. <laughs> <laughs> um I and guess. that's a wrap on that <laughs> and that's a wrap on the snl roundup our our weirdest segment so far i'm sorry i introduced it no i i think we can both agree that we love all the ladies of snl and we hate all the men on snl except <laughs> our friend bo and yang <laughs> of course um uh, sure i i'll i'll run with that okay um so what this is, we've we're here. We're kind of doing that um, time thing that we do, where we're recording the intro after recording the episode. Um, so we hashtag that time thing. <laughs> yeah, but if you're listening and you're doing that time thing, feel free to let okay. us know. That time thing is when you do something out of order. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag that time thing. <laughs> Yeah, if you're reading a book and you read the end and then the beginning, yeah. you're doing that time thing. Oh, the other day um, we had uh, dinner and Matthew had his salad after his entree. Hashtag that time thing. <laughs> that is definitely that time thing. That is definitely that feel one that time thing. I love that time thing. Okay, that time thing is iconic. <laughs> <laughs> that time thing is genius. Yeah. Um, But so, uh, yeah, so I think... We we did a really good job. Obviously, we're we're with we're we are unable to be critiqued. Of course, yeah. Um, unlike the women of SNL, <laughs> we are we the critique put take their critique of us and just move it on over to the uh, studios at Thirty Rock. Um, we were very earnest, but mm. and here's my fear: if yeah. I if I can t talk my fear, you should. Were we funny? It, it sort of was that thing where it was like, oh, like we're doing the thing we said we were going to do, right. but is that actually what is, are we taking away the thing that makes this podcast interesting and good? Right. Well, so over and over, I mean, so the premise of the holiday earnestness bonanza is that we would answer the questions completely earnestly without trying to be funny or be ironic. And so, in fact, you could argue that we took what we know makes the podcast work and said, let's do the opposite of that <laughs> without a guess. You know how people do those shows or used to do those shows when live shows existed that it was like, get this. It's stand up comedians trying improv for the first time. Oh, my God. Or like, this show is all like improvisers doing stand up for the first time. Wait, it's can like, I say hey, something? That's, that's you just know doing the things they're bad at. Yeah. But also, remember when it was like comedians you know, talk about like comedians read their middle school diaries or like comedians talk about their favorite movie. It's like, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, and this brings up a bigger issue, which, um, you know, it's sort of biting the hand that feeds, but we need to stop putting comedians on pedestals. Yeah, well, I don't. Do we put comedians on pedestals? I think we as a culture do. We as a culture. 
I think like the the you know people will just like believe that Chappelle can say anything and it's genius. And Remember it's like, when it, there was guy. he can have flaws. <laughs> there was one. There there's every two years there's an Atlantic article called "Why Comedians Are the New Philosophers." <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite genre, or like why comedy is the new punk rock. Oh my god, I absolutely live for that stuff. I live for it. Because it's like, well, actually, and no, then the not. things they cite are literally like, and again, no shade to any of these people who I adore, but it's like Key and Peel and Inside Amy Schumer. The sketches are very clear, <laughs> either either jokes that are like plays on words or like simple morality tales with jokes. <laughs> They're not. That's not philosophy. <laughs> I mean. Okay, uh, Greek philosophy gatekeeper, classic George. When I get my own Comedy Central show, it will literally be Greek philosophy. <laughs> and then they'll say, comedians are the new philosophers, and they'll be right. Yeah, exactly. But until then, you know, keep publishing your little think pieces on your Substack. <laughs> you idiots. Who's uh, going to be the next... Uh, no, never mind. Toxic. So... <laughs> Um, the point is we recorded this holiday bonanza. We edited down, um, approximately three hours worth of material into what you're about to hear. And we can't be held accountable if it's not funny, because that's what we, we actually are delivering on a promise. We made a promise, uh, between your ears and God's uh, to be earnest. And we're keeping that. That's what the holidays are about is making a promise with our listeners and with our God. I love when people say, like, that's what the holidays are about. About It's like, honesty, isn't that what the holidays are about? It's like, <laughs> is it? <laughs> like, you can say that about anything. Yeah, yeah. Wow. We're having sandwiches for lunch. Isn't that what the holidays isn't are about? Isn't that what about? the holidays are about? <laughs> oh, my God. I would love a sandwich. I know. I've been doing, as I said before we started recording, I've been getting back into publicity and doing the Nick Kroll voice as Liz on publicity. And people don't know George is a master of accent work. You see this yeah. deadpan comedian and you think, oh, I, I bet he's not a master of accent work. I like water, but I want that sour teeth that only yogurt can bring. Woo! He went there. He did it. This is the only podcast where you can hear a Nick Kroll impression. <laughs> God, I God bless um, publicity. And God bless Nick Kroll and his... Um, and you know what? God bless you for sincerely talking about things you like, because as we know, that's absolute social suicide, and yet you're doing it. And I think that's the perfect way to start off the holiday earnestness bonanza. I just want to say, if anyone's keeping track, I, I <laughs> am against Key and Peele and Inside Amy Schumer, but I love Nick Kroll doing offensive drag in Kroll show. That is that is what my taste level is. <laughs> Well, I was accused um, by Misha's father this week of um, not liking Mike Myers. And I said, excuse me, Austin Powers raised me. Oh, of course. You know, there's a <laughs> movement to reclaim Austin Powers as earnestly good. I mean, it's 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 the best. It's so good. It is. You know I need I mean? to rewatch it. Um, I watched the John Waters hairspray the other day. I've never seen. Do you want to hear something insane? I guess. So, you know, um, have you seen like the musical Hairspray? No. Okay. Well, anyway, the the main, there's like a main girl, um, main villain girl who's like conservative and that's who like the Nikki Blonsky character wants to <laughs> beat or whatever. And, and it's like a big role. And in the original, it's this girl and her name and the character's name is Amber Von Tussle. That actress went on to become get this vitamin c no yes whoa isn't that crazy that is crazy i mean <laughs> vitamin c is one of the weirdest pop people because we know her she existed she had some hits you cannot deny that she existed <laughs> you can nevertheless you... <laughs> she existed <laughs> You cannot deny that she existed. <laughs> and yet, where is she? Like, right. and yet, like, she did, did she exist? Like, part of me is like, was that like implanted, like sort of a Mandela effect? Like, we believe she existed, but she didn't actually exist. Right. Well, it always felt like that song came out and was immediately a um, 
a throwback. Like even the year it came out, people were like, oh my God, remember this song? And it's like, <laughs> that came out today. <laughs> yeah. I, but I also mean, it's crazy. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. I just remember that song hitting so hard. Oh, I know. Like, but, wow. As we go on, we do remember all the times. <laughs> yeah. But it's crazy to think when she talks about as we go on, we remember all the times we had together. She's talking about working with experimental filmmaker John Waters. <laughs> That's it's literally like you think she's relatable, but she's literally talking about acting with Sonny Bono and Debbie Harry in Hairspray. That's what she graduated from. That's I just wait what she's referring to. Literally, did you know her parents in that movie are Debbie Harry and Sonny Bono? <laughs> That's absolutely insane. It's insane. And then she was just like, "I'm a relatable queen. <laughs> I'm gonna be just like a normal girl named Vitamin C who exists, but then also doesn't." Oh, and then the best thing about it. <laughs> Oh, there's her name is vitamin C, right? Yes. Guess what the C stands for? Guess what her real name is? Celine. You better believe it's Colleen. No. (laughs) I mean, vitamin Colleen. Vitamin Colleen. That's like, that name kind of holds up. Vitamin Colleen holds up. (laughs) Stay on vitamin Colleen. (laughs) Vitamin Colleen. The gay slept on vitamin Colleen. (laughs) Yeah. Ugh. Okay, we can't. We need to. Yeah, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just so tired of the, the lazy, lazy gay Twitter thing of being like, gay slept on this and just some random like B pop star from 2003. I know. It's like, it's no, like, they didn't. No, they sleep actually on didn't. Her. Like, they had work. <laughs> they were in middle school and they literally fine. had to send that document. Sorry, we didn't have time to stand Sneaker Night by Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's- okay, but Sneaker Night is iconic. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in many ways, I agree, but it's it's tough. Um, should we start our Ernest Miss Bonanza? Yeah, sorry, I was just thinking of Sneaker Night. Um, sorry, I was just thinking of Sneaker Night. Well, I think, um, you know, we did a little intro when we recorded it, but I like this one better. But Me too. That one had a very earnest moment to, to oh, kick us off. Sure. And so I'm going to put that in Yeah, starting from there, I think. Okay, that sounds good. And it's an earnest one. So get ready for some earnesty. And strap strap in, because things are about to get a little bit earnest up in here. <laughs> so I just want to point out, you said get ready for some earnesty. Um, that should be, that's, that's correct. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Earnesty is the new, like, hateration, holleration <laughs> in this dancery. <laughs> yes, 100%. And it's also the new that time when, or wait, that, when, do, that time thing. That time thing. Okay, well, hashtag that time thing. Go to the recording. As we go on, we remember. Think out loud. Okay, the earnestness bonanza. I was thinking, we didn't talk about yeah. this ahead of time, should start with some some real, real being earnest, some real sincerity. Whoa. Hey, George. Oh, no. No, don't do this. <laughs> I'm so glad we started a podcast together, and I feel like I've gotten to know you so much, and we were friends before, and now we're much closer friends, and I think we work well together, and I think our humor complements each other's humor very well, and it's been a pleasure. Well, Sam, well, (laughs) I'll say this. (laughs) I have known... Uh, about your comedy since before I even moved to New York. And I remember thinking you were so intelligent and so uh, funny and so original when I was still living in Trigger Warning, Boston. Whoa. Where I was for Trigger Warning grad school. <laughs> and um, I, well, one of the questions we got was how did we meet? So I'll leave it for for then. But I, I I'm very... I, sometimes I pinch myself. No, you know what? See, I already started getting not earnest. All I'll say <laughs> is that I am really, really, I would not want to do this with anyone else. I really, in my heart, believe that um, that this, this has been one of the things that has kept me going during um, the pandemic and during this terrible nine months we've had. And um, it's something that, uh, challenges me. It's something mm-hmm. I look forward to, and um, I would not want to do it with anyone else. And in fact, um, I never will do it with anyone else. <laughs> wow! Imagine if two weeks after this came out, I was replaced. 
<laughs> well, one of our questions is, who would you replace your co-host with? Well, we'll Looking get forward to, that. to your response. <laughs> um, yeah, I. And you know, I'll say one more thing. Yeah. When I, I at this point, Matthew has met most of my friends. It felt especially special when he met you because it wow. felt like he was meeting uh, someone who I care a lot about and someone who I whose opinion I respect. And it meant a lot when you said you liked him. <laughs> well, that's so sweet. Um, yeah. Well, if I'm being earnest, I'm I still am worried that uh, he hates me. But that are you really? Yeah, I feel like that night I was trying. You know that thing where you're like, like you're meeting a person who's like important to you know, and you're like, yeah. important like, globally. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was. Yeah, he's important to you, and I was like, okay, I got to make a good impact. So I was sure. like, and you know, we're we're desperate for like attention, and so I was like trying to like get him to like really respond to me and it's like so interesting yeah i didn't get that i i thought you were being very cool and i also you know you have to remember he has listened to uh most episodes i i i am i'm not saying every episode because occasionally i will realize he hasn't (laughs) (laughs) do you quiz him every wednesday no but sometimes it it'll i think i would uh i would venture to say he has listened to 70 to 75 percent Wow. Misha he listens when he goes on runs. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Misha has not listened to a single episode. Is that true? Yeah. Which I think is like, go off. Like, I Oh, respect. me too. I, I told, especially in the beginning, I said I was really like, not into the fact that he was listening. But here we are. But here we are and we're growing. And one we're year like... strong. We just had our one year anniversary. Wow. Congrats. Thank you. That's crazy. All right. Now we are, the earnestness muscles are lubricated, and I'm ready to answer these questions with no sense of irony whatsoever. Okay, question one. This is from Daniel. If you guys had to pick one RuPaul's Drag Race queen to be your drag mother, who would you pick? Sam? So, I said Alaska. You know, she captures the weird, she captures the glamour she's funny she's yeah she's she's got it all i love i would say i mean i think alaska is ultimately my favorite queen overall i think i have a very distinct memory of watching the all-stars finale where alaska won in boston at katya's home bar and it was really really like where she used to literally live right above there and perform every night. And it was one of the most depressing nights of my life because everyone there knew her and was clearly so upset. And it started with this like really fun, you know, drag show and all this stuff. And then by the end, people, it was like truly like the part in like a music festival where everyone's like ripping their armbands off and is like, like, let's go home. Um, So I, I do have a special place in my heart for Katya and I like her a lot. And also, um, she is the only drag race queen that follows me on Twitter. Wow. Congrats. Yeah. One time she tweeted about Losa Spookies and I was like, she's seen me. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Okay. So this question is from Sonika. Um, okay. Here are the two questions. Um, mm, this what, is a good one. what is Sam's life? Okay. What is Sam's life story? I feel like this is a mystery. Well, you should answer that. What is my life story? Um, well, I was born in Charleston, South Carolina, and I moved every two to three years around the Midwest and the South. I moved. Follow-up question, George? Yes. My follow-up question is, do I know why you moved so much? My Everyone asks, was your dad in the military? The answer is no. He worked in HR for different companies, uh, and it was just corporate moving around. Got it. Um. And so small towns in the Midwest and South. And then I went to college in Virginia. And then I moved to New York City to be a UCB improviser. Realized <laughs> I didn't love it and started stand up. And that's, uh, and then became a smash success. Okay, follow up question. Yeah. Where and how did you meet your boyfriend, Misha? Oh, um, Misha and I met at Gay Bar Metropolitan. Um, uh, he was there with his coworkers and 
uh, brother, gay brother, and I was there with a uh, past guest uh, and Stradiolab Universe villain, Julio Torres, and um, <laughs> uh, Misha came up to us. Uh, his his The way he tells it, his coworkers and brother were kind of like, you know, Ugh, it's so hard to meet a man in New York City. And he was like, oh, you babies, just go talk to somebody. And then he came up and talked to me. And then uh, th- he talked to us for a moment and then walked away. And then later in the night, I was like, where'd that guy go? And then I went and found him and we hooked up. And then it was like, wait, who was that? Like, maybe we should keep hanging out. Oh, my God. Hot. <laughs> so it was hot. Is that my life? Does that count as my life story? Did we I think know? that counts. I feel like the two, I think, um, well, because I talk so much about my my storied past. And um, so it makes sense that that, that people have gaps when it comes to yours yeah so the second oh sorry go ahead this is still okay your email. so the second question is what would be a good new, good new year's resolution for straight people moisturize oh bitch <laughs> <laughs> um i george do you have a good answer to this um i think this I one's would, inviting you us know what? actually i have a very i have a very us answer which is that i think the new year's resolution for straight people should be to listen and learn oh yeah and i think for straight people uh, there's never been a better year than 2021 to start really living out loud yes listen and learn and live out loud now you might say how is how are those two compatible with one another you're 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 already um start over bitch (laughs) you're overthinking it and you're underthinking it oh classic vintage (laughs) okay next email yeah this is from madeline um okay this one is for George. What shade of blue is best? Uh, okay. This is so boring, but I I have to say... I, so I used to dress really horribly, and not that I now dress well, but um, I used to, to really just look terrible all the time. And a big game changer for me was realizing that basically I should only buy things that are black, denim, white, or navy. Mm. And so um, I would say my favorite shade of blue is navy. Okay, repressed vibes. <laughs> Literally repressed vibes. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and also that one shade of blue that Meryl Streep talks about in The Devil Wears Prada. Cerulean. Cerulean. Um, okay, second one. This one's for Sam. What are your thoughts on the Iraq War? Okay, my thoughts on the Iraq War are, um, check please. Okay, and then three, these are all from the same email from Madeline. Three, for both of you, what do you wish for for Christmas and why? Well, I mean, if I'm being fully earnest, my my family lives in, in Europe. My mom and my one sister, who normally should be living in Pittsburgh, are both in Athens right now. My Pittsburgh is the Athens of America. <laughs> well, so fans of the pod will know I have two sisters. One is an engineer and one is a in medical school. The engineering one should be in Pittsburgh for her PhD, but in fact is doing it remotely for my mom's apartment in Athens. The other one is in Munich for her med school. And then my dad and my mom are kind of back and forth and i am not going to get to see any of them for christmas so my one christmas wish really would be to see my family that is so sweet thank you oh my god well also we when we realized that i couldn't see them then my sister my middle sister who is um in greece and should be in pittsburgh and i were like oh maybe you can just come go to Pittsburgh where you belong, but also come through here and like stay with me for a month. And that'll be like our alternative Christmas is like us together cooking and like hanging out. And then basically like cases got worse both in New York and in Greece. So now everyone's just stuck where they are. Well, I love you telling your sister, you should go to Pittsburgh where you belong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What? I mean, that was such a sweet answer. That's not fair. I should have gone first. (laughs) um what do i wish for for christmas and why (laughs) a new job wow yeah and you know what let me just say and i'll talk about this later when someone is there's a question about my job but same yeah and finally a straight shooter the state or capitalism my answer would be the state but not in its current iteration (laughs) 
Yeah, and my answer would have to be capitalism. Because, honey, huh. we're going shopping. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bipartisan pod. Wow. Okay, next question. Okay. My friend and I were wondering, George, do you have a movie that should not be horny and yet is horny to you? A la Sam's relationship with both Chuck and Larry. Oh, that's a really good question. And this is um, a question from Adam. Um, I don't think this is not a this is not an original answer, but not another teen movie like or, or also like American Pie, like movies of that era where the where, you know, Jason Biggs like fucking the pie is meant to just be played for laughs. It's like, well, that's his dick in the pie. <laughs> no, I and also frankly, Jason Biggs is kind of my type. <laughs> that's hot definitely when someone is so horny that they fuck up high that's hot like that's just hot that's plain plain and simple hot oh my god wait i've actually i actually have a very good response to this which is literally the entire jackass franchise oh johnny knoxville and steve are both hot i mean and the fact that they're just running around naked slapping one another i'm in i'm in wild boys that the spin-off show i mean all they wore were little briefs all the time, often thongs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also, and again, this is such an unoriginal answer, but all of Borat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Borat yeah. doesn't do it for me, but... Really? Yeah. Also, like, even Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, George, you know they're, like, the same guy, right? No, I know, but I mean, as different characters... Um, <laughs> Anyway, okay, next question. Next question. This is from Catherine. Um, Oh, wait, sorry. I didn't say who was the the last one. No, I said Adam. Yeah, I said. Okay. Um, Okay, wait. This is so long. So long. Do I have to read the whole thing? Okay, I'm not sure if you guys have watched the show The Masked Singer, but I'm having such a hard time gauging the queerness of it. I've always felt like reality shows have a huge place in queerness. Real Housewives, RuPaul's Drag Race, American Sex Top Model, My Own Queer Awakening took place there. The Masked Singer feels like it should be queer in the same way. It has audacious costumes and fun B-list celebrities, but watching it, it feels straight. The only performance in four seasons of the show that I felt like had any queerness to it was Wendy Williams' performance, Camp Excellence. Maybe it is because Robin Thicke is a judge or because anytime a masked performer wears a dress but has a man's voice, they describe the singer as flamboyant and guess that he is Elton John. Whoa. Just completely straight vibes all around. I feel this way about Dancing with the Stars, too, but that is literally a man and a woman dancing with each other, so maybe that is why. What reality shows do you feel are completely straight to you? Huh. Well, I'll say this, and I've never seen the masks. Oh, here's something funny. When I was at Matthews for Thanksgiving, the, like the football game went right into the mask singer. And I, for whatever reason, I, I was like obsessed with explaining to everyone how the mask singer worked. No one else had seen it. And I was like, well, yeah, so they're each wearing a mask, but then like the, the judges have to guess. And then everyone was like, and then at the end I said something along the lines of like, well, I've never watched it. And then everyone looked at me and they were like, really? Cause you seem to know so much about it. <laughs> uh, but I would say mask singer to me is straight camp. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's straight camp. I, I I think any network reality show is like pretty like Trumpy, honestly. Like yes. <laughs> like like Bachelor and Bachelorette. I mean, there are different readings of it, of course, but there's something so Christian about them and like yeah. we're not huge reality show fans as a duo and i've only recently started getting into the housewives but after a lot uh, many years of resisting yeah i i i like you know the few like i liked american sex top model growing up and i like rupaul's drag race um but other than that i'm not a huge reality queen Mm -hmm. so and i have to say like as much as like i said i have been getting into housewives recently but this like the general movement to be like, actually, reality TV is Renaissance art. I don't like it. <laughs> like, I actually think it is stupid, and you should feel bad if you watch reality TV. Okay, blow the earnestness horn. But I, but I, okay. but I get it because when I do, when I, the times that I have gotten into it, which is Vanderpump Rules, Real Housewives of New York, and now Salt Lake City, I also I do get into it, and I'm like really into participating in the conversations, blah blah. But I think everyone should maintain a sense of shame about liking those things because they're not good, and they're and they're making your brain bad. I mean, yeah, I think the the key takeaway is just maintain a sense of shame. If as long as you can do that, 
you're, you're I golden. truly, I am completely, I think if everyone just maintained a proper sense of shame about things, this is how I feel about like superhero movies too. Just like, it's okay if you like them, just know that it's embarrassing. <laughs> we don't have, I don't, I don't, we don't have to elevate everything because you like it. So you want to feel less bad about yourself. Right. Okay. Next question. Yeah, that was genius. Okay. So this one is from Trev. Uh, the, the, Ooh, with a the, sexy <laughs> little email address. Ooh, okay. Yummy. Ooh. Ooh la okay. la. The headline or the title or the subject line rather is, is Guy Fieri hot and other musings? Okay. So he says, Longtime listener, first time emailer. Sam, which character in I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry is hottest, and do you find Guy Fieri hot? I would let him literally dip his hand in Thousand Island dressing and fist me. Whoa. Uh, uh, so, to answer that question, yeah. obviously, Larry is the hottest. Uh, that is, of course, Kevin um, James. Kevin James. I think Kevin James is deeply hot. I felt this way for a long time, and I, I stand by it. Say, Trev, I do believe you that you're a long-time listener, but I do want to say if you were a real long-time listener, you would not be wondering which of the two Sam find the most attractive. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe you're listening, but maybe you're not active listening, if that makes any sense. I think that my homework for Trev is to start really listening and learning. <laughs> do the work, Trev. Do uh, the work. Uh, okay, and sorry, there's a, there's a coda to this email, which is... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Wait, do I find Guy Fury hot? Oh, yeah. Um, honestly, I think no. I think, Whoa. which is weird. That's a kind of a weird turn for me. Uh, I think I can work to sexualize him if I want to, but... Well, you have to put in the work. <laughs> you have to put in the when work. When it comes to sexualizing Guy Fieri, you have to put in the work. But one time, Misha went as Guy Fieri for Halloween, and it was like a very realistic, you know, RISD costume. And it was like, whoa, this actually is like scary to me and kind of not hot. Uh, really? Yeah. I, thought, I thought that was going to go in the opposite direction. No, it, it really didn't do it for me. I mean... Maybe maybe I've grown and I've learned and I've listened. So maybe mm. maybe now I, I could turn that into some sort of fucked up role play. But it was not um, four-ish, five-ish years ago. Well, Sam, my homework to you is to try really hard to turn Misha dressing as Guy Fieri into fucked up role play. If you want to put your money where your mouth is. Okay. <laughs> That's a great Next, note. <laughs> oh, wait. No, there is. Look, so he says, part. this is still Trev. Also... I also watched Chuck and Larry when it came out because I wanted to see Chuck and Larry have sex. Wow. It's part of growing up to be into bears culture, according to Trev. Mm. The movie Wild Hogs with John Travolta had some very homoerotic scenes, by the way, <laughs> if you're looking to add to the Stradio Lab movie list. Trev, I just want to say thank you so much. I'm going to check out the film Wild Hogs now. And, okay. and we're going to I'm we're going to discuss. <gasps> okay, next question. Ooh, je m'appelle. Okay, je m'appelle, ladies. Je m'appelle, Jessica. My question for you, and maybe also a guest, you wish. You wish. Just us, baby. Is Oh, this is a good one. How do I tell my parents apart? <laughs> They're both just old and grumpy and straight, so I always get confused. Thanks, Jessica with a Y. I think this question is so beautiful. It really is. Um, I'm trying to think how would... I'm thinking about my... My parents. Okay, so both of us, Sam, your parents are heterosexual and married? Correct. Okay, as are mine. And I'm trying to think, if I had to tell them apart, if I had to find like a heuristic to use in order to tell them apart what it would be. Um, And I do think, well, my mom smells, my mom uses a lot of kind of like um, nice beauty products. So she always smells good. She also has gorgeous blonde hair. My dad, on the other hand, is bald and smells neutral. <laughs> yeah, I would say a cool test is say, um, what can I get you to drink? And yeah. if they say wine, then it's your mom. And if they say, um, I'll go make the drinks, then it's your dad. Ooh, yeah. Okay, so our three answers are smell them notice their hair and ask them for a drink yeah uh next question is hello knowing that this podcast is nyc gay comedy centric how do you feel about international listeners it's odd listening all the way from the mid east but as you know straight culture has no borders uh this is from farah 
Well, Farah, I mean, I think it one of the, we can see our um, a little peek behind the curtain is when we use our uh, the platform on which we upload our 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 episodes. We can see kind of where our listeners are, and in fact, we have a lot of international listeners in the Middle East, but also in but also Europe and Australia and Africa and many other places. And um, as you said, trade culture doesn't have any borders, which is honestly shocking. When people are listening in anywhere that isn't the borough of Brooklyn, I'm I'm in shock. I do wish I have to say, Farah, if you want to send a follow up email, I would love to know where specifically in the Middle East you are, because in my mind, I'm like, if I were to tell someone, oh, you, hello from a listener in I wouldn't say in North America, you know, I would say from New York City, greatest city in the world. <laughs> the Big Apple. The Big Apple. The city that never sleeps. Even. I would love to know where exactly in the Middle East you are. And um, I would also say... And also just go ahead and send your address. We'll, we'll dox your yeah, ass on can here. Can you just please send us your address and we will dox you live on air. <laughs> Next question. Um, this is a straight shooter um, from our good pal, Daniel. Um, peace on earth or goodwill toward men? This is a really tough one. How can you have one without the other? Yeah, are they mutually exclusive? We'll see, we're already losing at our own game because we're asking follow-up questions. Oh my God, it's so hard it's to be so on the hard. other side. It is so okay. hard to be on the other side. I'm going to say, I'm going to say peace on earth. I mean, I have to agree with you because the men feel so gendered right now. Yeah, no, I don't. This is not about um, gender, in fact. Next question. What are the sexualities of email domains? Is Gmail straight or lesbian? My friend and I are in an argument about that one in particular. Hmm. I've always seen Gmail as like sort of like the straight guy who works in marketing. Like he dresses like well but plainly yeah but he is still straight i think outlook is lesbian yes absolutely and also (laughs) we should say this is from claire so i think outlook is lesbian gmail is straight straight but like works in tech and yahoo mail is a gay man that lives in chelsea yes (laughs) (laughs) i don't need to change i'm fine yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Same person. Do you even like making this podcast? <laughs> is it going the way you anticipated? Since this is such a meta podcast, do you even consider that you have fans? And if so, what is their perceived relationship to all that the podcast is? What part do they play in the cinematic universe of Stradio Lab? That is an incredible question. Incredible question. Um I mean, earnestness first. Uh, I do like making this podcast. I also like making it. It is going, I'd say, better than I anticipated. Yes, I would say it's going better than I anticipated. I think we are, um, I think what happened with the podcast, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, is like, at first we had no expectations. Then I feel, and we in fact recorded a few episodes that were like, that we thought we weren't being so funny and and we ended up not releasing them, and we were like still trying to find our stride. But then, when we recorded the episode with Marsha, our first episode we released, we really were like, "Oh, this is what this is supposed to be." Like, we, this is the vibe. Like, we're gonna be like a little bit mean to each other. We're gonna be like a little meta. We're gonna be like a little stupid. And as soon as we got on a roll, then my expectations of it suddenly became really high. So that I'm now very strict with myself when I think I'm not being funny. And there are many episodes that I think I'm not funny in and um yeah we have called each other after the podcast recording and been like wait was i good i suck i suck right there was one in particular where we really like both were feeling really bad about it afterwards and had like a heart to heart and i think um you know i think some episodes are better than others but i do think the reason i have high expectations of it is because i know we can be good and, and often are uh and what is our perceived relationship to the fans? I guess I'm surprised there are... I am surprised there are fans. I'm happy when, like, we are funny. That's my goal. Um, as we stated in the Julio episode, very pitifully. Um, but, yeah. I think... I hope that... I think they're in on the joke in a bigger way than I expected. Yeah, I think... I I think it's always... It's always a nice surprise when people seem in on the joke. Okay, this one is from Christian. Hi, Sam and George, longtime listener, first time emailer. 
Despite how much of a joke podcasts have become as a medium, do you both think there is a viable future in audio-based mediums? Do you support Dominic Petman's claim that audio-based mediums provide an impersonal intimacy that visual mediums simply do not offer in an age where we are inundated with images? Best Christian. Wow. I'm unplugging my microphone. I'm walking out the door. I'm... (laughs) (laughs) I think that... um, I think that's so much of what we try to do on this podcast is, in fact, uh, <laughs> wait, imper- is in fact make fun of the tropes of podcasting and um, and audio mediums. But in terms of whether there's a future or not, I would say we are currently in a huge podcast bubble. Um very similar to what the blogosphere looked like in like the early 2000s and basically within at least within at most one or two years you know there will only be like three or four companies that have all the podcasts and most of them will be hosted by celebrities you wanted a takedown of the podcast industry you got one bitch (laughs) don't ask an intellectual question if you can't handle the answer um okay this is from ben uh, it seems like you unceremoniously replaced Mixed Emma with the concept of Glamour Girls. <laughs> Did you have a falling out? How does Mixed Emma feel about being replaced? Huh. huh. Mixed- but then Ben signs it, love the pod, a Glamour Girl. Well, in many ways, um, Mixed Emma was a little exclusive because there's only one Mixed Emma. Mixed Emma. But Mixed Emma is a Glamour Girl. Uh, yeah, and I think, uh, like... We opened up the circle to include everyone, even you, Ben. Now that Glamour Girls are listening to the podcast, the sky's the limit. And I do want to say, Mix Emma was uh, conceived of as a concept by former guest Celeste Yim, current SNL writer, because of their appearance on this podcast. And um, whereas Glamour Girls was created by us, so it feels more personal. <laughs> but I actually don't know. I actually love Mix Emma and wish we could them back and also uh celeste did um technically uh buy the rights to mix emma so we are not allowed to mention mix on this podcast at all celeste got their job on snl because they literally like sent in the episode of straight lab where they created mix emma to lauren michaels and then lauren michaels was like this mix emma thing is the most smart thing i've ever seen in my life yeah and then celeste pulled a a david s pumpkins and was like any questions (laughs) (laughs) okay what this is from george uh and this is from both george and ted okay so that's actually really confusing i don't know how they started a thread around us Um, okay i want to say one thing this is from this is two emails from the same email address Literally the same email address. One of them, though, says George, and one of them says Ted. This is this is a mystery. And oh, but I have a, an update. Both of them are signed Ted. This is actually like freaky. Like a, this is crazy. <laughs> like I'm freaked out. Like did you? I just felt like a chill go down my spine. I kind of think it's iconic if you can't decide whether your name is George or Ted. I love it because they're not like related like george and ted are like very different names yeah huh maybe it's a a married gay couple that shares they're so monogamous that they share an email address okay well if this is going out to the gay couple of george and ted uh i now pronounce you george and ted (laughs) um okay so their question is what role would you play in a train hijacking answer for each other so as in, and then the follow-up email says, Sam, what role would George play if you were to find himself a passenger in a train that had been hijacked? And George, what role would Sam play? Okay, so Sam, do you want to go first? Oh, okay. Um, sure. Well, George obviously um, is some sort of uh, first-class train rider. He's He's got his own sleeper uh, car, and uh, he's got a monocle and a top hat and he's um, writing a memoir and the people uh, pop in and uh, take him hostage. You are the one they take hostage for. Oh, for I'm the hostage. Got yeah. It. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> the, um, okay. <laughs> I think, I think, Sam, you would not get involved and kind of like find a place to hide while it's all happening. 
Wow, that is iconic. And that is true, actually. This one is from Daisy. She says, we'd like your help. We are two funny friends who want to start a podcast. Any tips? How do we make it good? Babe, oh my God, now it's signed. (gasps) Is this the same Ted of Ted and George fame? So Ted has left George and is now with Daisy trying to start a podcast. Wait, this is for George and Daisy. Ted, okay, wait a minute. Oh my God, Sam. Is it the same email address? It literally is the same person. Because if you see who Daisy CC'd, it is the email of the previous person. (gasps) I just felt a chill go down my freaking spine. This is not funny. This isn't funny. This is actually um, elevated horror. Who's doing this? (laughs) (laughs) Who's doing this? Stop. Here's my advice to Daisy and Ted and or George. Start a podcast that explains what exactly your identities are and what your relationship to one another is. This is a true crime podcast starring all three of you. And to the two of us. And even us. Oh, yes, on it. If you start a podcast that is about <laughs> who, why George and Ted both have one email and also now you cc'd george on this email but signed it daisy and ted i promise you i I swear to god this is true i will guest on that podcast wow and that's the question next okay this is this is the one we've all been waiting for how did george and sam first meet were there instant sparks or was it more frenemy vibes i do remember do you remember um no i don't i can yeah please go so we first met at uh, a show called stevie that sam used to run with past guest marcia belsky and drew anderson i was booked on the show by drew anderson and that's where i met sam but i very distinctly remember that i bombed that show mm. so the first time sam saw me, i did really poorly on stage um i remember that i also remember well because drew and sam were both people i kind of like knew of but had never met and i wanted to like impress them because i was new to new york this was over three years ago and um yeah and i bombed i remember our friend blair saki was there and i bombed first and she was like oh wow like the audience like is really tight and then she got up and absolutely crushed (laughs) (laughs) wow was that when it was at our wicked lady or was it okay yeah yeah it was at our wicked lady that was a weird show like there were like it would be like hits and misses Wait, do you know what else? That was the show that my ex came to with his co- like straight coworker. And so his straight coworker was just watching me bomb with gay material. It was actually oh. a very dark, very dark night. Well, I'm sorry. I um yeah, but I but I will say I knew of Sam before I met him. I was very like How can I ask how? Yeah, through Twitter. Oh, interesting. Um I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I had I'd followed you before moving to New York. Um, and I was, yeah, I was like excited to meet you. And then I booked you on my show. And in fact, I still I think you did fine. But I do remember when you did my show. That was also a really bad night for our show. Wait, like what? that was one of our worst attended. I used to host a show called Living For It um, in Bushwick. And <gasps> when you did it with 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 Anya, Anya Vol. Yes. Oh my God. There were like four people there. Yeah. It was like a, and that it was after we had had like a few weeks in a row where it had been like a full house. And then when the night you did it, there were truly like four people. (laughs) And you were also trying to do like music. Like you needed an audience for the things you were doing. I had fun though. I remember like having fun. It was totally fine. I I actually remember that's when I've, I think that was like, I feel like we were like, that was the first time we like, hung out yeah we chatted yeah and that i so i had forgotten that that was your show because i had done like anya's other show that same week and it was also lightly attended and they were really like apologetic both times and i was like it's totally fine but they (laughs) it became like a thing where it was like yeah you could see like they were embarrassed and i was like i fully get it i have put on many a show that is lightly attended and yeah no i know it's honestly one thing i don't miss about pre-covid new york Uh, yes queen um 
right. instant. And I would also, to this question, I would say there were not instant sparks. I would say it was very gradual. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say, I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think we both hopefully liked each other's comedy at least. Yeah. Um, I also think our comedy is different enough that neither of us feel threatened by the other, which is important. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, yeah. I also think I'm, I, I'm not, uh, you know, I think I, I'm not a huge astrology queen, but I am kind of cancer vibes. I, I, are you cancer? I'm a cancer. You're a cancer too. I'm a cancer too. When I meet people, I feel like I'm like, I do have my little shell on and I oh, think me too. it takes 100%. me a little bit to warm yeah, up. Yeah. No, definitely. Okay. Graham. Um, Graham says, what about straight culture do you see being ironically adopted by the queers in the near future? Oh, that's a really good question. Oh, and then the second one is, what about straight culture? So the question is, <laughs> yeah, what which parts of straight culture are going to be ironically adopted by queers, and which parts of queer culture are going to be ironically appropriated or adopted by straights? I think we're already starting to get into like goatees being like hot for queer men. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which. I I unfortunately do find hot. I I don't want to do really. I, I don't find them fashionable, but I find them like hot. Okay, but because don't you like, prefer like a full beard? I prefer it all, honey. I okay. <laughs> I like like a goatee. Really feels like okay. You are my like teacher, freshman year of high school, and like yeah. I'm your little student, and uh, like put on some khakis and let's do it. Okay. I mean, I have to say one thing that's coming back and it, this has been a long time coming, but it feels very, I'm a, I'm of two minds about it is Uggs are coming back fully. Yes. And I think it really is one of those things that it's so crazy to now have lived through it fully twice. Yeah. I feel kind of crazy. It, it feels strange, especially because like maybe the ironic uh, the ironic uggs already happened like how many times have uggs gone in and out even ironically i, I can't think about it we could measure time through uggs and then and then the other it's or like how many times cuz now people are starting to dress like prep school students again which also already happened there's something about the how it all happens like clockwork that's very sinister to me <laughs> and it's also very like i'm sorry but it's very top down it's not it's not like the people started wearing like it someone decided uggs are good again oh it's 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 evil for sure also what of what queer thing will be adopted by the by straight people i have an answer at least for men i think like mesh oh yeah i think mesh is going to be a straight thing in the it's going to be yeah in the coming years I mean, I have to say my answer is literally homosexuality. <laughs> like, I I read about how TikTok, like, literally yeah, straight TikTok that. stars, a whole thing is that they, like, make out with each other and, like, pretend they're gay as a, as a, not as a joke in the way that it's bad, but as, like, a, as, like, a, a kind-hearted joke or whatever. Right, right. And so I think that, um, and this is nothing new, like, there's a... There's literally like a book about straight men who have sex with one another, which I now can't remember what it's called. But I do think literally straight men are going to have start having sex with one another. This is a question from Sarah. Uh, is there a piece of culture not trying to invoke the Las Culturistas universe here that is purely straight? My mind wanders to a Sean Mendez or a Pixar's Onward, perhaps as fatherly affection is almost certainly absent from the community as a whole, aside from a stray Stanley Tucci type. Thoughts? Looking forward to hearing your input. Is there... Yeah, this is difficult because when things are... You know, you want to say, you know, football. But then, of course, there is such a queerness to hyper-masculinity. So you basically have to find the most down-the-line, bland thing you can think of. I'm thinking, like, home ownership. Yeah, that's true. But you know what, though? Home ownership. Then I'm immediately jumping to like an architectural digest feature, and that's gay. Yeah, but part of me like <laughs> you're you're 100 correct. But the architectural digest feature is like, do they even really live there, or did they like right. you know? Did they like buy? Is that like their vacation home that they like buy to spruce up, or like? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I, okay. I would say... Sorry, go ahead. I'm I'm reflecting, like thinking thinking smaller, like an carpet, open house, an open house. Yes, yes, an open house with like, and then the realtor has baked freshly baked cookies, and mm-hmm. then she kind of pulls someone aside and she's like, "I always bake cookies because it makes it smell like home." <laughs> and on top of that, I want to just say the state of Ohio. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I'm sure there are gay people there and I love them and I think they're so beautiful and strong. But the state of Ohio to me is like the straightest place on earth. I'm Googling gay people from Ohio. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, who who's gay there? I can't even say. Like a dark news story came up. <laughs> <laughs> Zero results found. Um, okay. Well, next question. Next question. This is from Alex. Who do you think is the father, son, Holy Ghost, and Pope of the Sex and the City girls? Whew. Um, wow. I mean, I do think Carrie is father. Unfortunately, Carrie has to be father. I think, I think Miranda's the son. See, I would say Miranda's Pope because like business, she's like a business bitch. That's true. And then I think I would say Pope is Charlotte because it's like turning it into like, you know, a, a relig- an organized religion rather oh, than like yes. a, a spirit. Yes, a narc. Yeah. So Charlotte is Pope. Uh, Miranda. Why would Miranda be son? I just feel in relation to the father, like if Carrie's the father, then like the, the like Miranda's like her closest friend. So I was sure. thinking okay. like Miranda. I mean, Holy Ghost is 100% Samantha. So we were in agreement there. Okay, that's fine. I'm ha- I'm satisfied with that. Okay. Next. <laughs> oh, God. Um, okay, you have to read this one. <laughs> this question's from Ron, um, which, of course, it is. Uh, and it is, the question is, can I get a solid 30-second solo audio of Sam giggling? It's so hot. Um you know, I will say of the, of the George and Sam stands, the Sam stands are hornier. Yeah. And you know what? I would like to say it would not kill you to be a little horny for me. <laughs> Maybe if you'd shut your trap about libraries and pieces of art for one second. If there's one theme in these questions, and we haven't gotten to these ones yet. It's like everyone wants to know like what I studied in grad school, and then everyone wants to see Sam's hole. <laughs> okay. I'm going to start the clock. 30 seconds. And that's all you get, you perv. Wow. Oh, my God. Everyone, Ron is jerking it to this 30-second uh, clip. Wow. That was hard. That was. I cannot believe you pulled that off. Thank you. Okay. This is from... I'm a somewhat new listener, so excuse me if this topic has been covered. But in response to your request for holiday questions, I was just wondering how big <laughs> your dicks are. <laughs> wow. Wait, wait, wait. We must unpack that turn. Maybe that... expand. I just I, there's more. <laughs> wait, can we start? Can we uh, close reading of this text? Yeah. I am a somewhat new listener, so excuse me if this topic has been covered. <laughs> Respectful, thoughtful, <laughs> that, that, quiet. But in response to your request for holiday questions, business that's businessy, that's almost oh, that's that's bordering on legal speak. But in response to your request for holiday questions, I was just wondering how big your dicks are. Your dicks are <laughs> dot dot dot, I guess. Period. <laughs> I've I've written you a formal email to ask how big are your dicks, I guess. So I just want, wait, it it continues. Maybe expand on how you may think your cock size is related to any form of humor and how it, well, I think this is a a typo, but how your style unfolds with that type of energy, comedy, et cetera, dot, 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 I guess. And then he says, soft and hard, please. Don't use my name. Oh, fuck. We'll 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 bleep it. We'll bleep it. it. Um, Don't use my name. It's private. Thanks. And keep up the great work. I love the pod. Regardless of girth and overall prowess, 
The dry ironic humor is everything and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Only reply with nudes. From Denver Size Queen. Huh. Okay, well, to me, this is a very bizarre question. You know, I love all our, I love all our glamour girls equally. Um, but I feel as though I don't want to answer this question. And that is me being earnest. Yeah. And and mostly because um, it's weird. Wow, that's that's a great question. I wasn't expecting that question. Hello, this is future George and Sam. Hello. Um, uh, we hope you're enjoying the holiday earnestness bonanza so far. Um, so we've been given roughly 1 million questions and we are editing it down. Um, so guess what? Biatch, <laughs> this is part one. And yeah, part you're two, getting an extra episode this week. Of an, another whole helping of earnestness coming on Thursday. Yeah, so, another whole helping spelled with an H. Yeah, because it's whole based. Um, so, uh, Buckle up. I've said that. I think I've said that a hundred times. I think it's so funny to pretend like this is like a rough and tumble uh, series we're doing. So get ready for some raw earnestness action uh, coming to you on Thursday. We have been, <laughs> we, we have recorded so much. We've recorded for, this is, this is earnest. We've recorded, we've recorded for four hours. Four hours. And it's like, we, Yes, we should have like picked questions before we went into this and like sort of streamlined this whole process. But we believe in answering every single person's question and then cutting it out of the recording later. And that's what we believe. Yeah. And we believe in getting literal brain damage in order to make our listeners happy by <laughs> responding to their questions about how big our dicks are. And we got that brain damage, baby. We have it now. And you have it too. Welcome to our world. Um, so... Um, That's it. it we, we'll see you on Thursday. We'll we both you on need Thursday. to take a nap. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Love you. Love you. Bye. <laughs>